0: Broadcasting live from the
1: Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host.
2: Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning And today's episode is brought to you in part by Woodstock Neighbors Magazine, bringing neighbors and business together. For more information, go to Facebook and Instagram at woodstockneighbors.bvm. And if you have a small business and you have a heart for community, and would like to utilize this platform to serve others and help you grow your business, consider joining us, our community partner program, Main Street Warriors. Go check us out at MainStreetWarriors.org. All right, it's time for our headliner. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Homeless Coalition Cherokee. Welcome back to the Business Radio X microphone, Ms. Marianne.
1: Butler, how are you? I'm doing great this morning. Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, I'm delighted to have you back in the studio. I told you last time we talked, I was quite sincere. We wanted to have you back and check in on some things. I know you've got some interesting stuff coming up, but let's, uh, before we go there, would you take a moment and maybe articulate for for me and, and our listening audience mission
1: purpose what, what are you and your team really out there trying to do for the community so sure the homeless coalition of cherokee county is committed to coming alongside those experiencing homelessness so that they realize housing stability and wholeness in christ so that sounds like a lot of great big words it and- also sounds like you've answered that question before <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was incredibly
1: articulate i know i said articulate and you were articulate <laughs> Nailed it. Um, so, yeah. So, it sounds like a lot of, uh, you know, big words and stuff, but we actually use those words and we, we're, we're creating programs and a process to, to make housing stability a reality for a lot of those experiencing homelessness in our community. So, it's, it's a very exciting time. Um, we're a new little group and so we're excited to be uh, here and, and share what we're doing. So I said this last time, and I'll say it again. I I guess
2: surprised isn't accurate anymore since I had the benefit of a real conversation with you not that that long ago, but it's still – Intriguing to me i don 't know what the right word is, uh, you know because it seems like a pretty affluent community you know i 've got a, a a nice little patio home right on the mm-hmm. edge of downtown Woodstock. Holly and I hopped in the golf cart and went down to Reformation. We had a beer we enjoyed the weather holly 's involved with the art scene here. I get to meet you know small business people every day and have a conversation it it, it just it doesn 't I, I guess it 's still unnerving
1: i don 't know what the right <laughs> verb is. That we actually have a homeless population here in Cherokee County. We, we do. And that's, I get, get that, um, question or I get that conversation a lot from people. I've never seen somebody experiencing homelessness. I've, I don't see those big camps. Like, like when you go down into downtown Atlanta or even some of our larger cities, yeah. um, you see big camps and things like that. And, That's really not as descriptive of those experiencing homelessness in Cherokee County. Um, on any given night, we'll have about 200 at least people who are unsheltered a night. Um, and that's not including what we call precariously housed. Those are people who, um, may have enough money to live in a, um, hotel for a few nights, but then the next night they don't, they don't know where they're going to be. So they'll back, they're back in their car. They may be in their car for a while and move from parking lot to parking lot. So precariously housed is uncertain, unsteady, uh, unstable housing. They may be on uh, friends, an uncle, cousin, whoever. Uh, mm-hmm. They may live on the couch for a few nights. But then, again, they don't know where they're going to go next. And it's um, – you know, one of the glaring problems is we don't have an emergency shelter. So, so people are really kind of scrambling um, if they're living paycheck to paycheck and things like that. So,
2: yeah. Speaking of emergencies, what about we don't? We're fortunate we don't have that many weather events, but it can get really cold or have a
1: storm coming through. That so that's a challenge too. Yes, it is a challenge. It is a challenge, and wow. we've um, is a challenge. I I don't have. A, I wish I had an immediate solution for that.
2: Right. Um, right.
1: It, it certainly. I, but i don't have one um, we've worked with other groups in order to assist when it got really really cold last christmas mm. um it was below freezing i think for three days in a row we did assist um, uh, the way church in downtown woodstock and i believe action church also opened their doors for those who were out in that freezing i mean it was it was freezing <laughs> yeah, for three days in a row so yeah. yeah but that's not a um permanent solution Right, you know, right. So. so you mentioned
2: being a young organization. Kind of walk us through the the history and what compelled you personally to get involved with this effort.
1: So, yeah, the history, um, this was about 2018-ish. Um, some pastors came together uh, and started kind of questioning and wondering. Pastors and lay leaders from about six local churches mm-hmm. came together and started kind of questioning, wondering – Um, what's going on with, with people who are unhoused, unsheltered in the community? Where are the needs? Where are the gaps in services? And, um, we didn't know, you know, they didn't know. Um, and pastors, you know, they're great. They've got these vision casting things going on (laughs) and they're like, wow, what's going on? Um, so they, I was in on those earlier conversations, um, as a lay leader in one of the churches. And then we, um, they ended up hiring me in 2020 to start you know, 2020 when everything shut down <laughs> right. um perfect timing. it was actually good timing but really? they hired me to kind of figure out what was going on in the community where the gaps and services in particular um are and fill those needs so we don't want to reinvent the wheel we're not going to be something that's already exist and and, and done well by another organization but we wanted to fill in those gaps and Luckily, we have today um, Leonard Akers with us. He is a board member and a pastor at local church, and I think he was in on those early conversations as well. So,
0: Yeah, thanks for having us, Stone. Um, we got together, and there was a couple people that just had a heart for homelessness, and um, it really was sort of a discovery. like Like, what is? I think a lot of us might have been in the same place that you were, Stone, of just is this really an issue up here? You know, we know about downtown Atlanta and see pictures of big cities all over the world. But um, as we discovered, we then got led to prayerfully think about forming something that I think the important word for us is that we want to be relationally engaged with people who are experiencing homelessness. And um, I like to think that most of the people who are experiencing homelessness in our community are sort of hidden. Mm. In other words, there are people that we know, there are people who take their kids to school. There are people that might look on the surface as if everything is fine. But the reality is, is that at, at, in the evenings they're like Marianne said, they're crashing at someone's couch or they're in a Walmart parking lot in their car, leaving the car on all night long to keep the kids warm. Right. And I think that we discovered that there was a unique opportunity for us to relationally engage with folks and provide relief, hopefully that then leads to some sort of um, recovery and eventually to full restoration, which is really what our community is all about, is relationally caring for people in the hopes that we can help some of them, maybe a lot of them, find their way to stability and housing and then also restoration in their own faith beliefs. So let's
2: dive into this uh, relationally engaging with someone. I actually know a person that I am eighty percent confident is. uh, How'd you put it? Precariously, Mm -hmm. precariously uh, housed. um, And I can give you that background later confidentially off the off the air. But I'm not. I don't even feel like I would know what to say, like to get them going down the, the.
1: Is that tough sometimes in the early going? Just approaching them about. This path. So, for for our perspective, what we do, what we've initially done is um, received referrals from other agencies. Oh, okay. So that's helpful to us because there are larger, better known agencies that people initially go to, and uh-huh. then they refer them to us. Okay. Um, and and it's really somebody coming to us to ask for help versus us seeking out. It is, does that make sense? It, it does
2: make sense. Okay. You know. Um,
1: people want to need to be in a, a, a state of readiness to yeah. make those kinds of changes and some, and in their right. hard sometimes. So, right. so um, yeah, that's okay. All right.
2: And then, but if someone in a state of readiness that has been referred, what does the
1: conversation and the process look like, particularly in the early stages? So what we have, we have basically three programs, if you will. The first one is called operation roof. It's a week long hotel stay. And we call that um, actually more than a hotel stay. We uh, meet our guests at the hotel. We talk with them. We listen to them. L- listening to people's stories, I say this every single time, being heard when you feel that you're forgotten and unheard is probably the most valuable thing we can do right now, just listening to their story. So we we have trained volunteers who meet our guests at the hotel. They listen to their story. They um Provide compassion, support, just a prayer if, if requested. Um, and then they try to, once listening to that story, point them to additional, um, resources in the county that may be useful to them. So kind of matching up those resources with their specific needs. Um, again, we're not going to reinvent the wheel, but we try to match that with them. Um, so that's how we, we meet our guests. We receive the referral. We meet them at the hotel. We, we spend time with them, um, get to know them a little bit, and then we continue to try and follow up over the course of the week that they're in the hotel mm-hmm. and even after they've left that week-long stay with us to see how they're doing. And, again, provide encouragement and, and a little little hope there.
2: But the listening, that's, that's so important. And I'm sure a week in the same place is a nice rest, but just to get re right? Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, Stone, Marianne just gave you a little bit of the answer to your question and that is is that if you can find a way to engage the conversation in a self in a safe and and helpful way for that family that you're thinking about then just inviting them to share the story i mean that's kind of what you do with this program as well yeah, is invite yeah. people to share the story um and once they begin to share the stories then who knows what that leads to maybe a follow-up conversation maybe connecting to more resources that can be helpful if there's one thing that's amazing about Cherokee County, and I'm sure you experienced this with your engagement with small businesses, is that there's a real desire here to work together, Mm -hmm. that we want to collaborate, that even though we might have small businesses that are in the same arena, we really want to figure out how to help everyone succeed and do well, right? And I don't know that that is always present in all communities, but it's here and we should lean into that whenever we can, right? And what Marianne also pointed out was that we don't believe that we have all the answers. There are large organizations, nonprofit, faith-based, secular, who do amazing work and who have amazing amounts of resources. And sometimes our role is just to get people into a little bit of housing stability and then connect them with all the amazing resources that are available in this community in the hopes that they might be able to begin to walk towards housing stability. So the ideal scenario
2: then is uh, they participate in this, this hotel week and there's this conversation and listening. And then the, the next step in an ideal
1: scenario is more permanent housing somehow, some way. Yeah. And it varies from person to person. They may be, um, you know, waiting for an apartment to come available or, Saving some money. This is a, a really big key. Is um, for all those deposits and things that they need to make on. Yeah, what know. a headache! That's that's a headache for me. That, that would
2: that would be a headache for me. You got to do like
1: the first month and the last month and a deposit and a check and all. And know. if you if you're living paycheck to paycheck, yeah, that's almost. No, a knockout. A very factor. difficult. And then we also, and I think I mentioned this well before we got on the air, is we're about need based identifying needs. And so one of the Mm -hmm. things we introduced in November of last year is our motel meal kits. And we were noticing people were coming in with food from our, you know, we have fantastic food pantries in this community, um, but it's not usable in a hotel setting.
2: Never even thought about that. And
1: so we created, we have a lot of great community partners and our, and our uh, partner churches that created uh, motel meal kits. So they have everything that our guests would need for uh, ten breakfasts, ten lunches or dinners, um, sides, snacks, paper products, everything that they would need for that week. Again, some food for them and to save a little bit of money. We we know food is expensive. I mean, when we that's go to the grocery the store, that's going to be
2: their biggest expense, yeah. right? And it's it's helping me realize, like the person I was telling you about, I got a, a freezer full of deer meat. that's, right. that's not going to help this guy right now. That's not what that's not what this person needs, right? Right.
1: right. So yeah. Interesting,
0: wow. and and then the hope is is that there are some folks who we get connected th- um, through Operation Roof that seven night stay that we can then um, encourage to consider joining us in our next area, which is about um, really recovery, mm-hmm. and um, that is Path to Home. And Path to Home is a ninety day safe, stable housing. Instead of it being in a um, motel setting, it is more in a extended stay. So there's some sort of a kitchen Hmm. that gives the ability to expand the food offering. Um, And then that person is connected with someone um, who is beyond just a guest accountability partner, which is a a resource manager. And then the hope is, is that you sit down, you come up with a plan, and that plan is really driven uh by the person or the family experiencing homelessness, right? Like it's not our job to tell them, you know, how they need to live their lives or or any of that. It's our job to encourage them in the ways that will hopefully lead to housing stability, right? And that's a 90 day stay that gives them a real good chance to get stable and maybe catch up on things that maybe have gotten out of control in all sorts of areas. And then uh, the hope is that you begin to start to work the plan. Um, and that you really, our role is to encourage yep. and, and do that both physically, emotionally, spiritually, and all the ways that we can so that we are relationally helping people find their way to housing stability. So how is this
2: funded? What do you get your? Oh, cause okay. it's got to cost some money, right? It can't come out all out of your pockets.
1: That is a really good question. So we have been I mean we're blessed. We we have the foundational churches who continue to provide um financial support So, so some
2: of the, these congregations are Yeah,
1: Absolutely. Up. Wow. And then um we have uh, you know, even more churches, but it's not limited to just churches. We've have some mm-hmm. civic organizations. We've received some small grants and things like that. So, um, yeah, we've been really blessed to receive funding from all sorts of sources and, and, um, throughout the community. So, so that's
2: a big part of your work, right? You got to go out and, and build relationships with these yes. folks and, and steward that money and help them understand the impact that they're having. You've right. got like three full-time jobs, Mary. I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's a really good point. Um, I hope the rest of my board is listening to this. <laughs> but in your
2: congregation, Leonard, I mean, th- this isn't the only thing they're trying to impact, right? Plus you're trying to serve their faith needs. Of course. Tell us a little bit about the, the, a day in the life of a, a pastor of a church l- like this. What, what is that life like?
0: Well, that could also take up the entirety of this program, <laughs> but but I think that this is where there is a lot of alignment with how the homeless coalition is going about. Which is, I think, uh, a job of a pastor by is really about relationally connecting with people and figuring out how to do that in a way that makes a difference for people's faith journey. And that's where I think that this organization really helps us um, make that connection because in some cases it helps people to sort of scratch that itch of how am I serving my fellow man and mm-hmm. what am I doing to make a difference? And how can I do that in a way that feels relationally connected to them? Even if they're not the person who's on the front line with the person, they they are still uh, making a difference. Um, and the reality is that we have lots of great nonprofits in this community that we can look to, to kind of see the roadmap of success, yeah. you know, very large things. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what we do on a day in and day out basis, um, yeah, the, the reality is, is that Sunday is not the only day okay. of the week that we <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the truth is, is that, um, I, I think that we believe and I believe that it's my job in the same way that Marianne does to connect to the community, right? Like we're called not simply to pastor to the people that are, have chosen to call local church canton in their home. Like we're called to pastor and care for the community to whatever extent they will allow that to happen. So the more that we become connected and enmeshed and, and great, the, the more opportunities we have to make, and this is going to sound very preachy, but to make secular moments sacred. And that's what we're called to do. Um, and this is where I can throw it out even in a bigger way that Um, everyone I think who says they want to follow Jesus is called to find moments to make sacred for the sake of the kingdom. And, um, the great news is is that, um, some of us get to be paid a little bit to do that. So,
2: yeah, (laughs) very well said. You may have a career in branding and, and copywriting as well. No, that is very well framed. I'm going to ask this of both of you and I'm going to start with you, Leonard. Uh, clearly you find the work fulfilling, Rewarding. What at this point in your career in your work, what do you find the most rewarding? What's the most fun about it all for you?
0: Well, I think that this is where it really ties into to everyone, and and this is what I mean by that. Like everyone likes to be a part of helping people discover how amazing they are, right? Whether that mm-hmm. comes through as a coach on a sports field or whether that comes through as a business leader or owner, helping to you know, kind of mold the next generation to discover what their gifts and talents are. Um, And I think that as a culture, we love people who discover within themselves something that they're good at, that they get excited about doing, and that they find great fulfillment and reward in. And I think for us pastors, our role is to do that in a way that helps people discover what it means to be a faith person, what it means to believe that there is something spiritual at work within uh, each of us and thus the world and how do we sort of tap into that and help people get more and more confident and comfortable that there are things in the world that faith makes a huge difference towards and helping people to discover that for the sake of not simply their faith lives but their home lives and their work lives and all of that you know and there's great joy in that now the flip side of that is that um We don't always get to see the touchdowns scored, right? Yep. Sometimes all we're doing is um, planting and watering and um, that sort of thing. But that work in and of itself is meaningful, right? Because we're trying to help people discover that their lives, no matter where they are in the world, matter and that they have meaning and that they can live out their lives with purpose and meaning. And that's where I think, once again, back to the homeless coalition, that we're trying to do this relationally. Right. Like we're not trying to solve this for hundreds of people. Right. I think we're trying to be um, helpful to a few in the hopes that that help then turns into lasting, sustained housing stability and healing personally and physically, emotionally and spiritually.
2: Well, it's such a great point, too, because like a person like me, I'm incredibly blessed and I do find joy in trying to support different things. That's what our community partner program is all about that I opened up the the show with. And sometimes I have thoughts of, man, I can't attack homelessness. You know, like it's just this big, huge, hairy thing. But I might be able to help this one person get on the right path, right. and another person, or help fund somebody that's already got a little bit of machinery in place. It's not like you have to go out and do this, you know, grand, big philanthropic. Just these little. There's, if if a lot of us do a little something, it can really have a big impact, can it?
0: Well, Stone, what if? one of the main takeaways from our time with you this morning is, is that this leads you to have a conversation with that person or family that you're thinking about that might yeah. be in that precarious place if nothing else happens wouldn't all of this time be worth it absolutely right 100% and, and i think that's where we can you know take huge problems not just homelessness but all sorts of problems if we take them and make them personal and make them relational then every single one of us can find a way to make a difference.
1: Yes, Marianne, what do you, what do you find the most rewarding? I am trying to figure out how to put this in words. I um, I have a passion for being a voice for those who are unheard, and for, mm. I'll start to kind of get a little teary about this. It's a passion for those who are unheard, unseen, um, and perhaps feeling somewhat hopeless or defeated. I have a passion for, um trying to bring hope to maybe a feeling of hopelessness um and being a voice for those who who perhaps feel unheard unseen or forgotten it's it's a it's a passion (laughs) i i um it's hard um but it's it's truly my my passion or my calling if you will to to be that voice um you know, I'll speak up wherever I can. You know, at the grocery store, at the vet's office, anywhere I can. I <laughs> well, will. We I first will met up.
2: at a pop up tent, and you had T shirts, and I we're explained that. So you will go and do. I know. <laughs> you absolutely
1: well, will. Yeah, um, but I think that's important. You know, when when you you feel forgotten. I mean, imagine. You know, you just yeah. and like I said, that listening. Um, even when I have to say no to people, and um, that we're full with our our hotel stay, right, program, right. with our operation roof for the month. 99% of the time, people will say, well, just thank you for calling me back and listening. For calling me back and listening.
2: Wow. You that know, does seem to be... It's the, very impactful. The theme of this conversation yeah. Is, yeah. Just, is, is is listening. Yeah. So uh, going forward, I understand we got a, a really cool event coming up we might raise some money we'll be able to celebrate some wins and kind of look to the future
1: tell Um, us about what's coming up so this is really really exciting um so we have our first ever you know like i said we are very young so we're having our first ever fundraiser gala um that is october 14th up at the uh timbers at the mill on Ottawa, and the fun part Uh of it it's um downton millie so it's a take off the downton abbey show so it's a costume ball and so we want people to dress up and have a great time there's going to be food and and a great dj and then we're even going to have like a crowning of the lord and lady or king and queen of the ball (laughs) i mean it's just going to be a great time and the other thing is is we're we're able to share some information for people who are unaware want to be involved things like that with the homeless coalition and those experiencing homelessness and We'll be introducing. You know, we talked about our our seven night, our Operation Roof, our three month, our Path to Home program, and we'll be introducing our our long term goal and um, which is a restoration village, which is a longer term um, kind of community that we're we're uh, planning and the for the future for. Up to two years, um, for people to stay in. So it's restoration village and that we've just started laying the groundwork for that, but it's really, really exciting. Um, so yeah, October 14th, um, tickets can be found on our Facebook page or our website, um, $90, which, you know, that's pretty darn good. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, um, so we would love for everybody to come out and join us. That would be a great help and, um, support. So
0: yeah. yeah. And I'd like to speak into the the fun side of that, right? We are going to present some information and we are going to educate folks, but uh, the reality is, is that it will be a fun night with lots of dancing. Uh, we will not be dancing to the music from <laughs> Downton Abbey. We will be dancing to fun dance songs from I'm sure the seventies and eighties and all of that. Um, but also know that as we present um, we're going to do the best we can to make it a part of the evening and engaging and fun. And out of the three hours that we have time with people, uh, we'll probably keep our comments to in the 15 to 20 minute range so that there's lots of time for engagement and fun. And it's just the time of the year to get dressed up uh, for a good cause and come out and support. So we would love to see folks come join us on Saturday, October 14th at uh, Timbers, which is at the Mill on Etowah.
2: Sounds like a great time. Now, are there is there a silent
1: auction or any other kind of fundraising activity tied to this? So, yeah, there'll be a silent auction and at at the event itself. And then prior to the event, I mentioned the lords and ladies, we have four um amazing people in our community who we can you can donate um money toward Either a lord or lady. Am I explaining this well? Sort of, not really. Um, Leonard, why don't you do that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we have four distinct lords and ladies, and they are fundraising their way to become either crown king or queen of the ball. And so the person Ah. who raises the most money will be crowned king and or queen of the ball. And so those people are going to be busy fundraising for the next 14 days. All those proceeds go into helping support the Housing Coalition of Cherokee County. And it's just fun. Once again, it's a fun thing. And this is where... Community and collaboration comes together, right? Like we didn't create this idea. This idea was given to us from uh, another nonprofit that we love greatly, which is the Children's Haven, who is now in their third year of running the adult prom, also at the Timbers of Etowah. And they crown prom king and queen, cool. right? And they do that through fundraising, right? And so that's an organization that is at a very different place in terms of their maturity and their level of engagement and impact. And so because we're a collaborative community, um, we can borrow one another's ideas and turn them into something wonderful. So um, it's going to be a great night. Yeah. It sure sounds like it. Okay, so what can
2: we the lay people just out in the community and particularly the small business community that's kind of my my world, what can we do beyond, you know, looking into this gala and trying to support uh like what do you need the most going forward um just looking for ways for us to contribute?
0: I think the biggest thing is a little bit about where you already shared from your heartstone. And that is, you know, just become aware, you know, become aware Mm -hmm. that, um, it's not that Cherokee County doesn't have any camps of homelessness. There there are one or two, but the reality is that that is a really small percentage of the people experiencing homelessness. And I think it is to become aware and then maybe just be open and available to the possibility that there's someone in your circle of influence Mm. that might be either homeless or in that precarious place. And then figuring out a, a way to engage in a helpful dialogue. Maybe it's mostly listening and finding out because at the end of the day, we want to be making a difference. All of us, I think for people that we know and care about. And the reality is, is that we can always make new friends to know and care about And make a difference for them. And so maybe awareness that it is a reality. And that doesn't mean that we get scared by it. It means that we find a way to relationally engage to the hopes that we help people, you know, continue to grow in all the ways that they can.
2: Fantastic. All right. Let's make sure that our listeners have coordinates for ongoing following what's going on, but also to get to this gala or maybe participate in the silent auction so you can participate in the silent auction even leading up to it
1: no it'll no, be the night of. it'll be the so night of. okay it's silent. going to
2: be at the thing uh do you still need items for
1: the silent auction? absolutely we can always right. use more items all sure. right
2: so items for the all right so let's get coordinates contact info whatever you guys are comfortable with i want to make it easy for folks to to tap in
1: sure so our our facebook page homeless coalition cherokee county um is one way our uh Website is homelesscoalitioncherokeecounty.org, dot um, org, and people can contact me um, via email is a good way. It's Marianne M A R I A N N E at homelesscoalitioncherokee dot org is another great way. Um,
0: Even though the website is long, in all honesty, if you go to Google and you search. Homeless Coalition Cherokee, it will pull it will it up. right up to the top. Yeah. And that has all the information on the main page about tickets to the gala, other ways to sponsor and support, and also all of the information about the different uh, ministries and programs and resources that we're trying to bring to bear to our community, which, as you've already mentioned, Stone, like we're so blessed to live yeah. in this amazing community, right? And I think that the more that we can help others find their way to feel like they're blessed to be a part of this community, then that's a win-win-win for all of us.
2: Well, speaking of win-win-wins, it has been an absolute delight having you two in the studio. Keep up the good work. Do keep us posted. And, uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. you got to come back and let us know. Maybe on the backside of the gala it would be nice to do sort of a recap. Oh, that'd be, fin- yeah, yeah, that'd so be fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. we can work that. But you guys, <clears throat> you're doing such important work, and we, we sure appreciate you.
0: Thank you, Stone. Thank we you. appreciate you. Yep.
2: My pleasure. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guests today, Marianne Butler and Leonard Akers, on behalf of Homeless Coalition Cherokee and everyone here at the Business Radio X family, saying we'll see you again on Cherokee Business Radio